Nerds International proudly presents Downtown Chicago I'm sitting in this crummy bar and this broad walks up and she says this is bonus content and it will not affect the scheduling of your usual 3D RPG broadcasts Welcome to this bonus episode of the 3T RPG podcast. This is going to be a little follow-up to our episode on uh, the Satanic Panic. Essentially, uh, we we talked a lot on that episode about um, Satanism in RPGs. Was there any actual merit to that kind of stuff? And we kind of spoke about if there is an actual uh, actual link in there. And I spoke a little bit about the fact that there may be kind of um, an accidental link by Gary Gygax because maybe maybe just maybe he's an accidental demon and so with me to talk to, uh, today about that particular thing we've got Nick Lamley hello how you and doing James Clark <laughs> hello and we've got a very very special guest today he is a Lutheran minister an actual pastor and not the delicious kind it is Conrad Erasmus Neubert am I saying that right Neubert yes that's yes, perfect actually yes Neubert <laughs> we've been saying it for years it's good to know we've been saying it correctly yes <laughs> so Conrad you're a long time listener to the show oh yes and uh... When I first found it, I binge watched it, and uh, no, like it's not watching, it's listening, right? <laughs> uh, it's not the first time that I actually see your faces all together. Yes, I yes. I just want to say I'm so sorry. To it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're all terribly handsome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn lie. Yes, I like the beard. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> not on my face, obviously. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, and oh, yes, I love your style. I love your. Like the stuff you talk about, yes, I love it. See, this is why we brought Comrade on, is just to blow our trumpets. That's the only reason. It's not It's not to actually yeah. talk about anything worthwhile. It's just so that he can say that we're good. But anyway, yeah, we wanted to we wanted to kind of talk about uh, essentially a kind of religious um, Christian perspective on RPGs as well. Because uh, if, if anything, we wanted to have some kind of uh, a balance on this. Because, Conrad, you played RPGs for a very long time give us kind of your background on rpgs how did you get into it and uh, what were your favorite ones um i, I started in 2005 i believe uh with D D 3.5 so that's not li- that long ago compared to <clears throat> other people of the community but yes uh to me it's a long time ago and um i ran and played D 3.5 for a long time it like never felt like was the thing that I really wanted. Um, I'm sure a lot of people my, share that same perspective on yeah. D&D 3.5. Yes, and also <laughs> I, I like gravitated to characters that really didn't reward uh, my choices, like bards and um, um, flavored as priests and stuff like that. But yeah, so bards were horrible in 3.5. Then I played some The Dark Eye that's really popular in Germany. Uh, das Schwarze Auge. It's it's really funny because it literally translates to the black eye, and uh, they changed it for the English version. With, uh, yes, and with different groups, and but never long enough to actually get into one specific edition of of that game to actually know the system well. Uh, it was it's a bit simulationist, so that I played it because other people played it, mm-hmm. and uh, I never ran it. Mm-hmm. My brother introduced me to some more narrative. RPGs, um, even Savage Worlds, like a few years ago, but I didn't really get it. 
And uh, so I started playing D&D &D 4. Um, <laughs> that was oh, a huge God. disappointment, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I even played a little bit of 3.5 again, just to not play 4 anymore. <laughs> and then I played Deadlands Classic for a while. And you have actually, a, there's a German translation of the core rules in, uh, over here. And um, that was a lot of fun. But it was a lot to explain to new players. And yeah, then I found through Deadlands Classic, I found my way back to Savage Worlds. And uh, now I run the occasional Savage Worlds one shot. I am finishing up a Deadlands campaign. Uh, I play in my brother's online Rippers campaign. And uh, yeah, and I'm, all, I'm jamming a. A Buffy the Vampire Slayer homebrew game for my wife. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's, so... <laughs> that's, it's, that's a lot Excellent. of gaming for... Yeah. Years, it's like 13 well, it's, years. It's, yeah. It's well spaced out sometimes. Um, yeah. Oh, and I GM for my, for my older son, who's five years old now. And uh, um, that's like a homebrew system that is inspired by other kids' RPGs. But he can't really add up numbers very well yet. So, yeah. Uh, you got yeah, you got to kick him out then. Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. Let's go, get Let's go guy. <laughs> okay, then I'll jam for my uh, one-year-old son. And... <laughs> yeah. There's only one way that's going to go. Yes. <laughs> kick him out too. I thought something because uh, because it's actually irrelevant. Um, I did play some bibliodrama, and that's kind of an RPG, not really, but uh, it's a form of role-playing with scripture. And uh, you, you take biblical stories and then you embody people from these stories and from these texts um, and sometimes make up new people appearing in these texts. And, uh, Is that good? kind of like a, it sounds like a sort of LARPing sort of session almost. Almost. It's uh, actually more similar to like impro theater. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. It's, they are, it's like very free form um, and there usually is like a GM, um, but um, it's also way more intense. The sessions are like like ten minutes, maybe fifteen, and then you have like a long period afterwards where you talk about it and uh, exchange experiences. I didn't do it a lot. I think I want to do it more. It's complicated to play biblical mm -hmm. RPGs <laughs> and that's something that gets close to it that I am somewhat comfortable with yes so, so have you heard of um, uh, Testament yeah I, I heard you because that <laughs> was that was actually uh, that that was compatible with D&D &D 3.5 so mm. if you ever fancy playing something I don't know I don't <clears> know if it actually actually plays anything close to what was actually supposed to be in the Old Testament it's it seemed decent, though. In terms of actually like something worth playing, the, the character mm. classes and stuff seem well good. And the monsters, <laughs> yeah. I remember them being wicked, but yeah. like I don't know yeah. if it's actually close to what was in the Bible. It might be terrible. But yeah, mm. who knows? Um, yeah, there's, there are not that many monsters in the Bible, actually, so uh, <laughs> it's probably quite an empty world. But um, There you go. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was like way <laughs> off the mark. But anyway, getting back onto well, the subject at hand. Essentially, one of the things that we, uh, I guess listeners should go back and listen to the Satanic Panic episode because a couple of the things that we, we spoke about was that they're essentially, most people decry the whole Satanic Panic thing. So a lot of people kind of 
um, uh, something getting out of hand and people saying, uh, okay, here's this thing like uh, where people just didn't understand the hobby and, and saw it as something that, that was like demonic when in fact it isn't. And uh, it, during the episode, I kind of came up with a few things that I think may be linked to to like sort of the kind of pop, popular Satanism things at the time that I, I believe may have been an accidental link that Gary Gygax came up with and that, we, it, that there were certain elements of RPGs or specifically D&D and fantasy role-playing games that might be, I suppose, without being offensive, uh, inherently unchristian in some certain ways. I guess that's, that, that's the best way to put it. And I don't want to offend in any way, but... I suppose the reason that we kind of had you on here is because you you then sent me a message saying that you believe that RPGs and uh, and maybe D and D to an extent were were a very Christian thing in general. And the reason that we got you on here was kind of to speak about why you believe that and why that uh, you think that G- the RPGs um, were a an extremely Christian hobby to have or and speak about it from a religious perspective. Because aside from going to religious schools as kids like pretty much most people in this country uh, England by the way listeners uh, we don't really have <laughs> that perspective and as a result like I thought it'd be interesting for you to talk about that so yeah what do you mean when you say that, that RPGs are a kind of uh, are a Christian thing there there are a couple of terrific lessons I think every role player learns um and one actually goes to the core of why the satanic panic is uh, like from its very root, like uh, nonsense. Uh, and that's uh, when you start playing the game, you you from the moment on you sit down and create a character, you know that this is a fi- this is a fictional and that you create it, and it's not something that um, that. that uh, um, not the not the world impacts you in the way um, you impact the world, and um, that fictional uh, thing is is really important because you learn as a player to differentiate between uh, truth and reality in a new way, um, and and almost every form of fiction teaches that, but um, RPGs in a in a bit more intense way, because you create fiction that you actually can live in, um, in your mind, um, and you can interact with, and that um, that uh, creates true experiences. You can be sad about a character dying. You can be happy about um, their achievements, and, um, and, and you can be grateful for what they have achieved. And if they like, if they can complete a character arc and they come out a different person or uh, achieve goals in life or just make it out of life, um, you, you will have uh, a true experience. But you know that this is uh, not reality. So you have like the, learned the first essential lesson of uh, of meaning. That um, that meaning exists beyond uh, what is real and what is tangible, and that's uh, something really important to know, and that uh, was forgotten or is forgotten by by many uh, people who think that uh, that that there is a tangible world and then that's it, that uh, every emotion is just a hormone or every experience is just a complex constellation of brain chemicals and uh, and electrical signals. But uh, the truth of an experience, apart from its reality, 
uh, tangible reality uh, is, is like a first very important lesson for everyone to be able to recognize that there are truths that are greater than uh, visible reality. That is that's very, very well put. <laughs> I can, no, see, yeah, I can see why you've answer. got that job that you've got. Conrad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that, it's a little cheeky smile as well. See, that's a, that's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> there, are, there are plenty more merits to RPG to RPGs than, than just that um, for a Christian. I think like uh, RPGs are a great ethical ex- exercise. Like you get these condensed, uh, dramatically exaggerated um, moments, encounters, uh, challenges that help you explore. Uh, yeah, that help you explore the nature of conflict or the nature of specific conflicts. And uh, um, I actually find it great that in your actual plays, although it always seems like like such a stark contrast of uh, what is good right now and what is evil right now. Um, there, there always is like a development into like a conversation and uh, there's like a multitude of perspectives that suddenly opens up. I, I remember um, when uh, the Hobbit and the Dwarf go into the dungeon beneath that elf castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Kingspire. Yes, and they meet a, a torturer. Uh, called Erasmus. Yeah, that was. Oh man! Yes, but the most obvious thing is to like try and kill him or run away, which which mm-hmm. the characters did for the first time. But then um, returning, um, it became necessary to interact, and um, that was actually conversation. I can't remember how it actually like uh, what how it ended if they if they had to kill him or something. Oh, but no, they, they befriended him right up until the end and it turned yeah. out that the guy hated his job and, and that he was badly paid and they didn't even uh, give him, like, uh, his employers didn't give him decent torturing equipment and as a result, yeah. he, was, he was really fed up and stuff like that. Yeah, everything was <laughs> yeah, so, yeah that's a, like the whole antagonism of the situation dissolved into something completely new and that's something uh that's like, like an ethical lesson that you don't easily get in in a in a movie or something it mm-hmm. takes a lot of effort to to learn from a movie or a book yeah i th- i think that's that, that you're quite right i think because i think that often when you're uh, in kind of like a, a movie or a book or any other medium it, it like you said it does take effort to show scenes from different angles and it's much much easier in an rpg often because the same as in in like a real life situation you get the chance to speak to people and to just ask you know and in rpgs yes it's really uncinematic but if you meet a bad guy and you just go what seriously what's the problem why why are you so upset and they just go well you know it's the pay i'm sick of this stuff (laughs) (laughs) there's no benefits to doing this stand around in a a dungeon and attack the adventurer's job and and you know it's uh, it's, i know that's a very silly example but you're right it it does open up um moral dilemmas and things like this and i think that like there's a guy um that, that i'm friends with called paris and he um uses rpgs to teach moral uh dilemmas and things like this to kids with autism and it's like kind of the kind of stuff they that they wouldn't have already thought about but um then when when like presented with it for example one 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 example he gave to us when we interviewed him on another podcast was that he was saying that often if there's like a, a city guard in their way they'll just be like well, I'll kill, I'll kill the guy, obviously. And he's like, well, you could do that. But remember, the rest of your party is going to be annoyed because they may not want to be pursued by the city guard and stuff like that. 
And again, that's a yeah. really simple example. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It does teach you morals because eventually, mm-hmm. even if you just play an evil character and just the like, kill and steal and burn your way to the to the end, you're gonna end up. It's gonna be hard. That is difficult because it's like, well, you, you, the city guards are gonna be after you. Everyone's gonna be upset with you. So yeah, yeah. Uh, like evil campaigns are like a d- whole different topic. Um, it's really hard to play evil people in an RPG. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it, it it comes like part of it is because of the um, like the most allure it has in D and D because there is like a label to it, uh, the the evil alignments. Um, but it's it's also the most difficult thing um, to 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 play in accordance with um, and still cooperate and still make it a fun game and not yeah. something where you constant, continually try to, to sabotage each other. Well, we um, yeah, actually, agree um, that, definitely. We actually reached out on, uh, on MeWe and on Facebook and asked uh, some of the listeners for, for questions to see if there was anything that they, they wanted to ask you. And uh, one of our listeners, Kira Tarokio, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, she asked, uh, uh, related to this, Conrad, how do you feel about the various character alignments, particularly chaotic neutral and true neutral? I think the alignments are, are limiting, and um, I don't know. I don't know actually any person who thinks that way, that, um, that they are a force of, well, okay, there are people that think, that think that they are a force of chaos in their society or a force of order. Okay, I see that. So that has some merit. But uh, um, the whole good and evil thing, um, I don't see the point of it because really everybody thinks that they have a right to be the way they are or to think, to judge the way they judge, the, to think the way they think. And um, that ethics are subjective, but not, not, not in a way that makes them invalid subjective, but uh, subjective in a way that um, every, every, every person's ethics have to differ because everyone is at a different place in life. And uh, so we can't all just do the same thing. Um, and uh, um, to every person, good is something else. And this something else is very something specific and um, something concrete. Um, so when you GM D&D, for example, in D&D there's, there's a... Um it says, now pick an alignment for your character. So when you GM yes. it, do you tell people, don't worry about that part? Yes, I did. Mm. And because there are spells that go back to that and mm. reference that, um, and, and we need a healer, so you need a cleric. Uh, so you have someone <laughs> who can detect me, uh, evil or something like that. Um, we, I had to put it back in, but then I I made really general... Um, explanations about what would be evil and um, right. it was uncomfortable. I didn't really fit in. Um, and the enough. neutral, what was the question about the neutral alignment? Uh, they, they, well, they, um, they, they asked uh, what you feel about chaotic neutral and true neutral alignments specifically. Mm. I think it says something in there about like this is the most free alignment free of you know bound to serving order or chaos or good and evil um 
and like to a 16 year old that may be interesting (laughs) 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 so uh, i still think that this person the 16 year old um they they probably think that um everybody else thinks that um something like the order the society has to be as good but i don't think that and i rebel against society so um i i am chaotic um but like which is somewhat plausible, but what is not plausible to say, I'm neither good or bad in this. He the, he thinks that in his choice to oppose uh, other people's morals, he makes the right choice, and that makes it something good, in my like, in my eyes. That's a very, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. I mean, the thing is, is that it's like you said, a lot of people's moral compass is you. You ask most people, you ask most people out there on the streets today, go out there with a pen and paper and a clipboard, right, and say, do you think you're good? And everyone will go, yes. Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> uh, or most people, actually, you know what, in England, most people would tell yeah, you to Foxtrot Oscar. They would just tell you, I'm trying not to swear. <laughs> but I don't want to buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what I say. They say, they say, no thanks. Or, or, sorry, I donate to charity already. And it's like, <laughs> no, I was trying to ask you about my D&D survey. Well, but yeah. It depends where you are. I'm sure there's a few people that will just outright tell you the truth and be like nope not good at all <laughs> no, yeah, maybe in our town right, james yes. yeah <laughs> it's just an awkward silence while you're standing there and the guy that's just said it kind of just stares at you as if saying no i'm very i'm very bad actually thanks for asking and then he shows you <laughs> it shows you a gun on his hip <laughs> yeah <laughs> off we go but that's the other thing right is it does like from a christian perspective doesn't neglect the human condition of like everybody is a is a sinner um and everybody has this dual side to them that they know that they have um, bad thoughts or aggressive behavior in them like that there's a possibility but uh, like seldomly a, a reality um, and that uh, having these alignments forces uh, a weird role play I would say mm-hmm. yeah I'd agree with that um, and I would argue, like your character, te- generally, like your characters can change their what you'd class as an alignment, I suppose, just through like their um, experiences in a game. You know, if you start off as a character that's quite happy and whatever, and then by the end of it, if they've been through the mill, they could be quite an angry, vengeful person because of what situation they've been through. So they might naturally change an alignment if you was to define it as an alignment, anyway. Um, just through playing the game rather than just predetermining what it is before you even start. I saw a pretty cool one the other day um, that, that, that was like an alignment wheel and it was all to do with different personality types as opposed to good and evil and it was some it was something like this and I can't bloody remember but I'll link it in the description and it was way better. Mm-hmm. It was more like all of these different personality types and they all linked together and it was like you can pick one and then there, there'll be like another one uh, two steps over, but you can't pick one more than three steps away. So it'll be like you're studious or something like this. And then there'll be one two steps away that's like you're also um, very meticulous or something like this. And it was it was more personality traits rather than uh, alignments. And this that is sounds what, like a pretty good idea. Yeah, and that's why I prefer mm. things like Savage Worlds, where it's like you know more personality traits rather than because the thing is you take any edges and hindrances and that can be a good a bad guy whatever but the point is is that your character more often than not in savage is going to believe they could because that most people do but anyway 
Um, we have some more questions for you. Um, and there is a guy here called Dan Cook. And he says, mm-hmm. as someone who is very religious in their real life, do you find that you bring more or less theology into a game while gaming? More. Um, they, I've, I've read about people, I've met people that say that they don't like um, introducing um, their real faith, like the, their real real Christianity into the games, and I see why. But I like to, I, I like to subvert the players' expectations a lot. Um, I threw Redlands campaign, I threw a, a preacher um, at, at the party who insisted that if you commit suicide and then let him resurrect you, that uh, you'll be cured of the disease that that one party member had, and they were, uh, uh, they ate actually human flesh by accident, and then <laughs> <laughs> they got they got infected with the uh, Deadlands uh, equivalent of zombie disease. Uh, so it was pressing, and uh, so I, I was hoping, and it, it actually worked that uh, they were. I could see on their faces that they were questioning. Okay, now a minister gives us this out but uh, through a religious person, but um, it really sounds suspicious and uh, probably won't work. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah it did, obviously it was a trap. And uh, had she done it, she would have ended up uh, undead, like a different type of undead, but uh, not, <laughs> not a zombie, but also not alive. So, so yes, I like to, I like to add theology to, to my games. Like from the beginning, I, I think the my first D&D campaign was about hobgoblins believing that they had found the messiah and uh, uh, which was a human um, who had like led them to that conclusion and uh, then they started to to conquer the empire for him and stuff like that um, yeah uh, I do introduce a lot of religious themes and stuff into my games I, I also That's think that cool. it's more complete with it like um, or to me, at least. Well, are the groups that you play with then are, there, are a lot of them religious, like the actual people that attend and and that? So, uh, a lot of the people you that you game with are they either part of, say, your church or or anything like that, or are they just inherently just just quite religious? The people that you you play with. I do play with a few parishioners. Uh, I played with family members who all are Christians, um, but. Like most games are in a more or less secular context. Like um, we have like a gaming shop, a gaming library uh, in my town, and um, those people aren't Christians. You know? and it works the best if I like uh, throw them a religious curveball. You know, it's fun. <laughs> That's cool. So um, yes, Stefan Dragonspawn comes in, and I don't know if this is a good question or not. But I'm going to ask it anyway, so I apologise. Um, he says, what do you think about uh, having cleric slash priest characters worshipping gods other than the Catholic one? Because I think this is this is uh, kind of like one of the things that the satanic panic was all about. And as you say, kind of nonsense. A lot of those people in America and stuff had a problem with people worshipping, worshipping non-Christian gods within a game. So, uh, Stefan asks, is it blasphemy or at the very least disrespectful or just some innocent fun? Uh, I'd say it's, it's innocent fun. It's not blasphemy because everyone knows that it's fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you have heard people talk about actual seances 
conjuring actual, like in their minds, actual demons or meeting actual deceased people, that is really different from from an RPG experience. The like uh, praying to gods other than than the Christian God is. Um, I think there's some merit to that because, like, especially the D and D gods, they are some type of really advanced character. And in some D and D campaigns, I never did it, but you can fight them and uh, take uh. their places. And um, and like the D and D gods teach us something about uh, about the Christian God. If you, if you're a religious person, um, you okay, you pray to to God and. Um, I think if you, uh, I as a Christian, if I would uh, suddenly find myself in in, um, in a D and D world, <laughs> yes, I would have a hard time praying to these people because um, they're they are very powerful. I would I might ask them for something, um, but it's it's a really different experience uh, because they do not define. The world, like uh, like to me, God does. To me, uh, God defines what is death and what is life. And um, well, in D and they're very opinionated because although you say that you don't, um, uh, you leave sort of alignments out of when you're doing it. The actual gods themselves, even if you left it out, they have their alignments because that's that's their job, isn't it? So one is going to be, uh, you know, inherently more evil than the other, or what have you, and, and you that's what, what how their characters are. It's almost yeah. like um, whenever you, when, uh, more often than not in D and D, in my experience anyway, when somebody worships a god, well, when a character does, I should say, it's more often not a side note on their character sheet. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't, like you say, Conrad, define our society quite as much in the way that Christianity does, or and people's beliefs in the way that they act. Uh, I've yeah. seen, uh, unless people play like a really, really lawful good paladin that's the only time and even then more often than not they just it'll be it'll come up once every 15 minutes when they want to argue with another character player character mm-hmm. that is when yeah. a, a, another player character they want it, they want to argue with is doing something they don't want to do and they'll just go but i don't know glorf per- does not permit this and that's it <laughs> I couldn't. Th- I couldn't think yes. of any D and D gods. Come on, Vecna. How about this one? He's a, actually an evil one. But um, um, there's actually something else because um, I find it easier to role play a, a cleric praying to their made-up god um, than uh, role playing a Christian uh, believer praying to. The same God I pray to, um, uh, and I think the reason is that I can, I know, and there's no no question about it that it's pretense when I do it um, to to like uh, in, a, in a role role playing context and uh, praying to a, to a made up God. But if if I take like choose words that sound like the words I actually say in prayer, then that distance, that natural distance between me and my character that fades away and um, I, I suddenly find myself like I slip into actually addressing actual God about something that comes from the game um, <laughs> <laughs> might not actually be something I, I want to pray, pray about. So I do avoid that at least. Oh, that um, makes sense, yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah. you wouldn't want to. I suppose if you're saying you're accidentally sort of blurring the lines in between, and you find yourself as a person as instead of a character actually reaching out to God and just being like, "Oh, please help me find my path in this RPG" or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then also it's, it, it might become like it almost like it's, it's just like work, you know. Then you're just doing the same thing you do during the day. <laughs> it's, it's... Yes, escapism is a point. Like, is a is it a lure? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got another uh, question here from Owen Lean, and he says, this, is, this kind of actually is an RPG related, but I'd be interested to know your uh, opinion on it nonetheless. He says, the satanic panic is a good example of how, how a very vocal minority of extremists can present an image that the rest of the world takes to represent the mainstream. What can be done to help remind the world that the majority of religious people aren't and I apologise, Conrad, batshit crazy zealots that that make the average Bond villain look reasoned. <laughs> what can be done to make people see that, like, religious, religious people, people are just yeah, normal, normal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm here, so... Um, on the, the pudding. Yes, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but you're an RPG player, Conrad. People, <laughs> people will never see you as normal. Yes. So you're an rpg Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're one of the oh. cool kids. Oh yeah. my god, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I can only encourage, like, it's uh, to, to uh, sadly, it's not something that we can ask the, the non-Christian parts of society to do. It's something that rests upon the shoulders of the um, yeah, so-called moderate Christians like our liberal Christians, is to be vocal about it, to uh, um, to go out there and, uh, <laughs> like, um, at a table, admit that you are relig- religious, which is, like, depending on the society where you live, it's actually not that easy. Um, at least in Germany, Christians are a minority. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know about your situation, but, yeah. So it's uh, not really... You are regarded with mistrust if you admit that you are religious. Something is still seen as uh, dangerous sometimes. It's kind of similar here. I mean, the funny thing is, is if you are, um, uh, now I'm going to get in some hot water here. But let me say this: if you're uh, Jewish, Muslim, um, Sikh, anything like this, right, in this country, you say that and you say it openly, and people will be like, "Oh, cool." If you say that you're, say for instance, at an RPG table and Jesus Christ, I am going to get really vilified for what I'm about to say. But if you admit <laughs> that you're Christian to, say, for example, some RPG players, do you get those um, militant atheists? Do you know what I mean? And people just yes. start screeching at you and just say, yeah, but and, and it's just like, but why don't you just shut up and just be a nice guy? I don't get yeah. why it's, it's not that hard. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. probably not the nicest way of putting that. But the thing is, is that... Yeah, you, you'd be nice to um, all of the all of the other ones, but for some reason, it's become very unpopular nowadays to to just b- um, believe what you believe, and I don't understand why that's why that's the case. It's re- I, I find it particularly unfair, especially when it it like you say, the majority of people, as Owen put and as you put, are just normal people. It's 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 not yeah. it's not a problem, and as you say, the you can enjoy the the same things that we enjoy, and it's not like it's there's nothing wrong with it. Yet for some reason, like you say, you just have a different belief. 
even just then when you were talking about it comrade you used the word admit which is like shouldn't be the word it should just be say when you say that you're a christian Mm -hmm. it's it's like you're admitting like you're guilty about something i know it's the same with um uh my family actually the or the my the filipino side of my lot um because they're um, quite religious. There's a lot of Catholicism in there, but also a lot of Seventh-day Adventists in there as well, which is what I was brought up as. Mm. Um, but then one of my cousins, um, you know, he's a cool dude. We get on well, and uh, he was the first person who introduced me to, like, rock music and stuff, and this, which is cool. But he was, him and his brother, they were quite heavily uh, religious uh, back in the day, and uh, my queer Michael, sorry, cousin Michael, was um, going to, he was training, he was going to go and become a pastor. That was his, what he was going to do. But somewhere along the line, his belief changed. And same with my, um, one of my other, uh, his brother as well, uh, Gibby, uh, their beliefs, uh, it wasn't as strong as it was before. Um, so he decided not to go to um, to the school that he was going to go to and stuff. And sort of fairly recently, because uh, family's huge, so there was, there was unfortunately a death somewhere. And then someone in our family chat said, you know, um, bless them for there in heaven now and stuff, which is, you know, is a very nice thing to say. And then my cousin comes back and just be like, and he, and he did the annoying thing, which is what you're saying about the militant um, people. It's just like he said, um, no, they're not. Like science hasn't proved it. And then it was just like, well, <laughs> like, you know, it was just like, I interjected, it's like, all right, this ain't the place to be doing this. Like, don't be silly. And we're family. Like, shut up. You, you can believe what you want. But no one's going to just don't bite anyone's head off over it because your beliefs are your beliefs. If you believe them, that is great. But if you know that you're not going to agree with them with some other people, there's no reason to have an argument about it ever. Um, That was um, quite serious there for a minute. And um, that was uh, I I completely agree with everything that both of you guys have said. Um, And it's also you're obviously both very intelligent. Um, however, um, I feel like we need to bring it down to earth with a bit of stupidity for a second, um, because what I've done, <laughs> what I've done is um, you were talking about how the gods in D and D are started, right? And so I got testament down uh, from the shelf. Yes, right. I saw you open oh. that. I decided to oh, look to the see. Lord <laughs> no, no, he is not. Thankfully, so he is one of the one of the um, uh, Christian uh, archetypes that you cannot kill in testament. So that's good. Second of all. <laughs> Um, our listeners, mostly, not yourself, comrade, but most of our listeners are absolute morons, and we know that. And um, so Matthew Jones comes in with our final question, and he says, Conrad, what is the best way to convince religious types that God is the great GM in the sky? <laughs> you don't have to answer that one. You don't have to answer that one, but we can have Matthew Jones killed. If you order it, it will, we'll have it done. <laughs> we'll smite him. We'll yes, smile. No, I first want to explain it to him, and then, then, yeah, then please do. What is the way to convince um, people through RPGs that <laughs> um, don't play Christian RPGs with them? I, I like uh, that. That especially feels weird. If you have like uh, divine powers that you can activate, like a wizard, a spell, like a fighter, a fighting stance, like that's not that's not the way. Um, um, maybe play RPGs with them, and then when they uh, come to the moment to like uh, um, say, now I have slain that particular god, and I am the god uh, of justice or something, then after the game, tell them, 
you know, I never feel like uh, these D and D gods are like they encompass what. Uh, the term God really means. I mean, in the fantasy world, yes, they are they are gods, and in, in within the fiction, they are real. But uh, like, if if one of them walked among us, I didn't feel like wouldn't feel like praying to them. So <laughs> don't weigh down your game with something that like don't break the fiction over the head of someone's like belief or disbelief. Very good, yeah, Matthew, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never listen again, Matthew. Don't but you dare! Listen. Don't you? D- yeah, but please listen, please. Honestly, <laughs> we need it. We really do need it. I'm begging you. And also, donate to Patreon. Loads of money. Loads. <laughs> Loads. We'll make a donation to um, to Conrad's Church on behalf of Matthew. We're going to donate some of his money for his stupidity <laughs> and bad behaviour. Bad behaviour. Look what you've made us do. <laughs> yeah, you big. Oh, I nearly said a bad word in front of a minister, Conrad, and that's no Matthew, and that's all your fault. <laughs> you can't name model time. Oh, see how angry I get. It's our damn listeners. They're useless. Good for nothing. Anyway, um, so comrade, is there anything else you would like to say about uh, religion and RPGs? Anything, uh, anything that you would, um, anything else you would like to point out between the connection between the two? Yes, subvert the stereotypes every now and then. Makes it feel more real. Like don't, uh, don't try to send weird real life messages through um through through in-game events like uh, if you really have to make the whole monastery like full of pedophiles then at least do it in a jovial way i guess <laughs> don't make it too hurtful <laughs> and show that you actually know that that's not actually a, a reality or if you actually think that it is then be prepared to argue about it uh and to the christians um you yeah we our Christian culture in the past has dealt out a lot of hurt and pain in words and deeds. So, like in the spirit of Christ, step back if someone is offensive and cool down and then be nice about it. Do Very well said, me. man. Well no. said. Very well said. So. Oh, I have to like an afterthought. Go on. Um, there are other religious people that are gaming. I like in the, my research, I found a website uh, of gaming Muslims and a website on, on uh, Islam and uh, pop culture. Awesome. I, I think I'll, yes, I'll uh, ask you to put it into the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a, a gaming ministry, a Christian one, and a gaming podcast. Um, yeah. Who's interested? Maybe maybe you'll like it. Like it's has kind of an evangelical name, saving the game. But the people that's awesome. Talking, that's yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. You got you got to have a catchy title. Yeah, yeah I like that. The, uh, but they are liberal Christians. They don't try to like they're not too actively convert you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> RPGs or to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, as soon as they start the podcast up, they're like they're like, hey, these RPGs they're pretty good. Take it or leave it. You know, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, yeah. man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That was that was really good. I feel like uh, I feel like you've enlightened our listeners, and I hope that in the future they don't send um, stupid questions in like Matthew Jones did. And I hope that um, that that has showed a new perspective on on RPGs um, from somebody that has uh, hopefully a different perspective on a few of our listeners. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on. It was uh, it was great to meet you and great great to have you on. If yeah, any of our listeners have a uh, unique perspective on something, which they probably don't, they're all the same. They're all just yeah. 
homeless drunks. Um, then please uh, <laughs> send us a message, and uh, we'd love to have you on as well. But that was that was fantastic, Conrad. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was great. Yeah, mate, fun. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.